everyone. This is the third installment of our series, The Abundant Life. We mentioned last week that Jesus came to give us life or an abundant life and that sin is the culprit. Sin is the problem why we don't experience the life that God intended for us to have. We also said that Jesus provided a way for us to conquer sin. That's why he came. Today, we are continuing and answering the how. How can we have an abundant life? Our main point for today, if there's anything you have to remember, this is it. An abundant life is a life connected to God. I'm going to repeat. An abundant life is a life connected to God. If a friend were to, if a friend were to ask me, Jay, do you know Barack Obama? And I would probably say, uh, yes. He was the former president of the United States of America. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Barack Obama. Thank you. Thank you. My fellow citizens, I stand here today humbled by the task before us, grateful for the trust you have bestowed, mindful of the sacrifices borne by our ancestors. I thank President Bush for his service to our nation, as well as the generosity and cooperation he has shown throughout this transition. 44 Americans have now taken the presidential oath. The words have been spoken during rising tides of prosperity and the still waters of peace. Yet every so often, the oath is taken amidst gathering clouds and raging storms. But I thank the American people. I thank my wife, Michelle. <laughs> I'm done with that. Okay. <laughs> Do I know him? You get the point? Do I know him? No. I know about him. I don't know him personally. I don't know his likes and dislikes. I don't know his character, his mind, his will, etc., etc. But to be connected to somebody, you have to know that person personally, what they want, what they don't want, what makes them happy, and what brings them grief. That is what I'm talking about here. So a lot of people know God, or they know about God, but they don't really know God. So my question to you today is, do you know God? Are you really connected to Him daily? There's a verse in the Bible that says, I'm the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that bears fruit, He prunes so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, what's the point? 
To remain in God is to be connected to God. And how are we going to be doing that? I have three basic points here. First, be connected to God through His Word. Second, be connected to God through prayer. And thirdly, be connected to God through His people. Let's start. First, be connected to God through His people. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is in Joshua 1.8. The point here is to know God is to know what He thinks, what He wants, what He doesn't want. To know God is to know His Word. The question is, how can you know God if you don't even know Him? If you don't even know His Word? He made sure you can know Him because everything He wants you to know, you and I to know, He wrote in His Word, the Bible. You can't know God if you don't know His Word. You can't. Okay? You can't just think of it. Do you believe that the Bible is the written Word of God? Again, the verse here says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's going to be very difficult for you to do what He wants if you don't even know what He wants. <laughs> I was telling some of my friends, how are you going to know what he wants? Are you just going to decide on your own? No. There's so many passages. That's why we don't have the abundant life that God has given to us because we don't know the word. You know, I was just telling a friend of mine, you know, the reason why you're having a hard time is because when you made that business deal, you did not consult with others. And it's written in the Bible, in the counsel of many, is uh, there is wisdom, but you didn't consult. You just went ahead and you didn't do it. If you just read the Bible and know. See, every time I make a decision, I consult with guys who understand what they're talking about. These are some of the benefits of the Bible. See, the Bible is composed of 66 books by 40 different writers over a period of 1,500 years. Yet it has one consistent storyline story running all the way through. And it's just one ultimate author, and that is God. The story is about God's plan. He wants to rescue you and I. He wants you to give you a, a, an abundant life, free from devastation, okay? And He has a plan that was conceived in eternity. It's revealed through the prophets and carried out by the Son of God, Jesus Christ. There are over 1,000 commands of God in the New Testament alone. Did you know that? How can we experience an abundant life if we don't even know what and how an abundant life looks like. You can only know if you're connected to God through His Word. So if you don't have a Bible, I suggest go buy yourself a Bible and a marker. Dirty your Bible. Bible is useless when it's clean. Get up every morning. God has some instruction for you to, to do. Okay? How do you have an abundant life? Be connected to God through His Word. Second point, be connected to God through prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Is that possible? It is. One of the most important part of any relationship, any, in any relationship, is communication. Whether it be a husband and a wife relationship, or an employer-employee relationship, relationship between friends or siblings, it's a two-way communication is very important. 
Consistent and regular connectedness can be achieved through communication. And prayer, by the way, is communicating with God. Prayer is being connected to God. Prayer is talking to God, is listening to God. How can we be connected without prayer? It's hearing God, talking to Him. But how can you hear if you don't know His heart, His will, His commands? It starts with being connected to His Word and eventually knowing what He wants for you on a daily basis. You know, as people of God, we should be hearing God a lot, His voice a lot. When you look at everything, He owns the the mountains and the thousand hills. You know that everything is saying, I love you. God should be communicating His love to us every day. And we should be hearing that. Prayer is spending time with God and listening to what He has to say. God is always speaking through His, through His Word, first of all, through situations, through circumstances, through a dream, through things. Prayer is simply being conscious of God all throughout the day, from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. And lastly, be connected to God through His people. Be connected to His people. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, or in another version, as some are in the habit of doing. They forget meeting together because they're so busy with work and trying to strive and do, make put things together. They forget to join together. It says, but encourage one another daily, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. By connecting with his people, you are connecting to God because his people know his word. I get encouraged so much when I join with people of the people of God and they encourage me, they pray for me, they talk to me, they give me wisdom. His people have the same Holy Spirit that you have. They can give you good godly counsel, godly advice, insights, and mostly godly care and love. Sometimes we feel the love of God through His people, through people caring for you. And when you have people around you, they can help you out in this world. Fellowship is connecting with fellow believers, and fellowship is called shared lives. This life is difficult as it is, and we need each other, right? And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of people. How many of you have been helped by fellow believers? There are seasons in my life where I, I'm badly in need of finance and people help me out. And just last week, I was the one helping other people out. Because that's life. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, and that's why we need each other. Another word for fellowship is koinonia. Koinonia is the Greek word for fellowship. Okay, It refers to a community, one's place in a group and the representation of fellowship, such as a, jo- as a joint gift. It appears 17 times in the New Testament. The concept of koinonia is an important one because it's supposed to characterize the church. John says that the purpose of the gospel is to lead people to have koinonia with others and with God. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That's in 1 John 1, verse 3. So what is important with koinonia is living with a community of believers. Life happens together. Discipleship and learning happens 
That is why it is important to be part of a weekly small group or a gathering. You know, we have small groups all over the world right now. We have Zoom meetings. We use technology for koinonia. It's happening all throughout the week. Find a group that's fitting you, that you can grow with, grow, have fellowship with in this life. You can meet new friends and learn new things about God. We pray for one another and share lives with one another. We need each other. In a small group, connectedness happens. Connecting with one another and connecting with God. This results in a fruitful life because, again, branch will bear fruit. No branch will bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And one way you can be connected is by connecting with God's people. Koinonia, this is how you do it. Letter K. So whenever you see somebody, hey, koinonia, very important. In summary, an abundant life is a life that is connected to God. And how are we to do it? Be connected to God through His people. Be connected to God through prayer. And lastly, be connected to God through His word, through His people.